Chapter Five of the Submarine Boys on Duty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Five. One Man's Dumbfounded Face. When the new foreman's gang started on the pollard at eight in the morning there was no outward ripple to show that anything unusual had happened true jacob farnham arrived at the shed earlier than he was accustomed to do but those of the workmen who were not in the secret thought nothing of that half an hour later josh owen a peculiar gleaming look in his eyes showed his head at the manhole opening over their heads good morning mr farnham he called good morning owen answered the yard's owner come right down owen came down the spiral staircase looking curiously about him i got your note mr farnham began the ex-foreman what's the matter find you need me here after all not for long replied mr farnham coldly owen before you gave your keys in to mr partridge you must have taken an impression of one of them and must have fitted a key to the pattern why were you here last night me i wasn't here last night nor any other night josh owen made haste to answer though a look of guilty alarm crept into his face all of the workmen had ceased their toil and stood looking on at this unusual scene you say you weren't here last night demanded mr farnum sternly and you didn't use any false key to get into this shed of course i didn't retorted the ex-foreman defiantly you wrote a note to me that if i'd come around here this morning i'd hear of a job i didn't come here to be insulted the job i mentioned in my note rejoined mr farnum with a meaning smile is over at the penitentiary owen you did come here last night you scaled the fence at the west side crossed the yard opened the door of this building with this key here the yard's owner held out the false key that all might see it and finished mr farnum you came in here and went to work to damage a sea valve forward on this craft the valve shows this morning very plain traces of having been tampered with josh owen was summoning all his courage all his craft instead of looking frightened he glared boldly at his accuser who says i did such a thing he demanded hotly benson and hastings saw you at your rascally work my man humph snorted the ex-foreman who those boys yes humph. i wouldn't believe those boys under oath and you'll make a huge mistake if you do mr farnum continued josh owen hotly then you deny that you were here and that you tampered with a sea valve last night insisted the yard's owner looking his man keenly in the eyes i'll deny it with my dying breath asserted the former foreman boldly as for those lying boys do you believe this can lie inquired mr farnum passing the accused man a photograph print josh owen took the print staring at it hard in an instant his eyes began to open as wide as it was possible for them to do a sickly greenish pallor crept into the man's face beads of cold perspiration appeared on his forehead and temples 
you see your face shows up very clearly went on the yard's owner in the same cold crushing voice moreover it shows you right at one of the sea valves and in the very act of tapping with a hammer you didn't know that benson and hastings are very fair photographers did you i don't care what they are cried owen in a passionate voice as he tore the print to small bits that isn't a photograph of me even if it does look like me and i wasn't here last night i any judge and jury will believe the evidence against you my man cried farnham sternly as for the boys maybe you don't like them nor they you they've reason enough for not liking you besides they couldn't photograph anything that wasn't here to be photographed then it was that flash began josh owen he stopped instantly biting his lips savagely yes they took the picture by flashlight and you've just admitted remembering the flash that interrupted your rascally labor exclaimed mr farnum triumphantly as for the print you've just torn up owen it doesn't make any difference there are other copies of it now my fine fellow you've been trapped just as nicely as the law requires and in addition you know you're guilty of the whole thing now but owen leaped up the spiral staircase shouting i won't be taken alive i andrews o'brien and another workman sprang forward to seize the fellow but mr farnum called them back josh owen got down from the platform deck and out of the shed in a twinkling let him go ordered the yard's owner he won't be seen around dunhaven after this if he is i can quickly enough put the law's officers on his track but he'll vanish and stay vanished i shan't soon forget the absolutely dumbfounded look on his face when he saw that photograph laughed mr pollard it was a look of complete incredulous amazement i'm sorry for the wretch's family sighed mr farnum however if owen clears out promptly and stays away from this part of the country i'll give him an opportunity for a new chance then the work went on again even with the thorough examination of the sea valve that had been tampered with there was not so much to be done for this was the last day of the work on the morrow dunhaven was to be more or less alive for the pollard was to be launched then many visitors including a swarm of newspaper men were expected an officer of the united states navy was also booked to be present to witness the launching and to note how the pollard might sit on the water afterwards before four o'clock the last stroke of work had been done mr farnum the anxious inventor the foreman and the others went all over the submarine marine craft inside and out looking for any detail of the work that might have been slighted it's all done finished cried dave pollard nervously and mr andrews you'll have a real guard here tonight to help you keep watch announced jacob farnum We've heard the last of Owen, without a doubt, but we won't take a single chance tonight. Now, men, all be here at seven in the morning, ready for work. The launching is to be at ten o'clock, but at the last moment we may find that something needs overhauling. Now, you've all worked hard and faithfully. Here's a little present for each of you, with much more to come if the boat proves the success we hope. As the men passed him, Jacob Farnham handed each a crisp ten-dollar banknote. Even Jack and Hal were thus remembered. But we haven't been here, sir, long enough to earn this present, protested Jack Benson. 
you haven't been here long perhaps smiled mr farnham but think of what you did last night by the way benson and hastings i want to see you at my office at once wondering somewhat the youngsters followed their employer and david pollard accompanied them now then boys began the employer seating himself at his desk i want to say to you that my friend pollard hired you on the strength of your general appearance and the impression you both made at the same time pollard was careful to write to the references you gave in your home town this noon he received letters from your former school teacher and your minister both speak in the nicest terms of you both as honorable upright hard-working young men it's fine to know that one is remembered in that way jack replied his face and hal's showing their pleasure now to go on continued mr farnham as soon as the boat is in the water there comes up the question of a crew for the pollard some of our good hands especially those with families say very frankly that their taste doesn't run to going down in diving boats on account of the possible chance that the pollard might not be able to get up to the surface again but pollard tells me that you've applied for the chance to belong to the crew of the boat that's our biggest wish gentlemen cried jack benson his eyes glowing nothing else could give us half the delight confirmed hal hastings then we're going to give you the chance announced mr farnham while david pollard nodded but of course you're not blind to the fact that even on the most perfect submarine torpedo boat there's some risk to your lives one isn't wholly safe either retorted jack coolly in crossing a crowded city street then you're both alive to the danger and not afraid to chance it we're ready for anything in the submarine boat line declared jack and hal in the same breath then that's settled you're both engaged to serve aboard the pollard when she floats and dives wound up mr farnham dropping back into his matter-of-fact tone and mopping his face for the july afternoon was exceedingly hot by the way boys how do you feel about taking a little pleasure trip tonight how do you like to take one of my horses and a buggy after supper fine and splendid replied jack with enthusiasm and by the way since your references are so good i can give you a chance to try to make a little extra money if you like extra money is highly prized in the town where we come from sir laughed young benson well see here over at waverley center eight miles from here is a man named george forrester now forrester owes me and has owed me for some time eight hundred dollars for a little boat we built him here Forrester was always considered a safe man, but for some reason he has let this bill run if you care to you may take the bill and drive over to see him tonight I'll pay you a commission of five per cent on the whole bill or any part that you can collect But I warn you that you may find Forrester a bit shy about settling No matter a chance to get him forty dollars in an evening looked extremely attractive to these young submarine boys End of chapter 5